And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Joe. I'll say a few words about the uh, Oregon shooting, and then I will uh, move on with the rest of the show. Of course, I offer my uh, condolences to the grieving family members and the survivors who are uh, trying to heal from their injuries. Now, it's been said online that thoughts and prayers aren't enough. Let me tell you what's going to happen here. The Democrats will probably push a bill. It will probably be very similar to the bills already passed into law. And this particular bill, in all likelihood, will probably have nothing to do whatsoever with the scenario of this particular shooting. Nevertheless, it will be pushed. The Republicans, likewise, will oppose it. So, Republicans will go to NRA and other like-minded groups and say, well, the Democrats are on the warpath. We could really use some money built up here so I can convince all the votes in line to oppose them. The Democrats will go to all the anti-gun people. Same thing. Republicans are putting up a wall here, and we really got to uh, have the campaign coffers filled so that we can uh, rally all our troops and make sure we can count their votes. So it's a win-win for them. Does the law pass? Maybe not. Maybe it will. That's not the point. The money is. You know, the president himself chimed in with this, that it's not enough to have thoughts and prayers and what have you. It's funny how he suddenly managed to find a camera on this shooting, but has yet to say one iota about the uh, mass slaughter going on in his hometown of Chicago. But I guess that's another story for another time. Why are so many so eager to criminalize millions of innocent people for something they haven't done? Do these laws even work? Here in Louisiana and Lafayette, there was the shooting at the Amy Schumer movie. Remember that? Yeah, that was another one that's just sort of gone by the wayside now. The shooter had a clear record of mental illness. He had been forcibly committed to an institution by a judge. Nevertheless, he was able to legally purchase a firearm. The pawn shop where he purchased it filed the paperwork. The government just didn't do its job. And yet now they're going to dictate to us that they can. The law's already there. What are they going to do? Can you make guns cease to exist? No. So despite the ire at uh, thoughts and prayers, I still offer my sympathies and thoughts and prayers to the uh, grieving families, their loved ones, and uh, the survivors. All right, on to lighter material. Well, it's October. And for me, October, of course, is the month of Halloween. And I always seem to think the whole month is Halloween. Yes, I get into the mood for spooky movies and whatnot. And I've been slowly working on a uh, Halloween special for you. Yes, it'll be the Bob Levy Halloween special. It's a play that I've written. A spooky play. And it'll feature all your favorite friends from the Bob Levy program. 
past and present. So, keep a lookout for that, huh? In case you didn't know it already, turns out I'm one of those terrible nerdy comic book people. Oh, yes, I used to want to be a comic book artist, but I failed miserably. Will these comic book people ever go away? I don't know. Probably not. You know, Sahari Candela's brother works for Marvel. Yes, yes. That's something, eh? Yeah, I, I wish Sahari liked me. I guess I really messed that up. Huh? Anyway, here's some stories about the uh, superhero movies. There's a couple of them. I just thought I would chit-chat about that for you. Yes, yes. Kevin Feige responds to Ronda Rousey's interest in playing Captain Marvel. It's no secret Ronda Rousey wants to play Carol Danvers, the lead role in Marvel Studios' upcoming Captain Marvel movie. There have been tweets, fan art, even director and geek icon Kevin Smith who will appear in What's a Podcast movie along with Bob Levy, has offered his support for the MMA fighter's bid to portray the pilot-turned-Cree Avenger. After weeks of Reddit comments and social media speculation on the likelihood of this casting becoming a reality, Marvel Studios president Kevin Faye... I don't know what his name is... has finally weighed in on the situation. In an interview with IGN, Faye... seemed very positive about Rhonda's desire to play Carol. I love it, he said. It's a testament to how great the characters are that appeals to such a wide range of talented, talented people. If Rousey wins the part, it would mark the second time for Marvel casting following Guardian of the Galaxy's Drax, portrayed by former pro wrestler Dave Bautista, whom Faye called an amazing performer, an amazing actor, and a clever and witty and pointed comedic actor. In the comics, Carol Danvers is an officer in the United States Air Force, military-trained and combat-ready. After being caught in an energy explosion, she is transformed and imbued with Kree's superpowers. While most actresses screen-testing for Captain Marvel would have to go through heavy stunt training, Rhonda is already prepared for the physical demands of the role... Th <clears throat> Rhonda is already prepared for the physical demands of the role thanks to her MMA career, and fans will get a chance to check out her acting chops now that she's been cast in MGM's Roadhouse remake. When, Mar when asked if Marvel was planning on making any casting announcements for Captain Marvel this year, Fage answered that the lead won't be cast until early 2016. Captain Marvel is scheduled for release November 2nd, 2018. Except this isn't really Captain Marvel at all. The real Captain Marvel was that guy who said Shazam all the time. You know, with the lightning bolt and everything. Yes. Here's the story. Back in the 40s, Captain Marvel was made... And uh, it was about a young boy who got powers from a wizard named Shazam. And whenever he said Shazam, he became this superhero. When the lightning bolt hit him, yes, that's right. And he was a guy in red tights and a cape. Unfortunately, the people who published Superman didn't like this because they thought it was ripping off their guy. And also because Captain Marvel outsold Superman at the time. So a long battle of lawsuits soon ensued. And uh, they eventually settled out of court. And the publishers of Captain Marvel agreed to cease publication. 
And that was the end of Captain Marvel. Some years later, Marvel Comics was coming along, and they decided to do their own Captain Marvel. This Captain Marvel was not a woman. It was a man. He was an alien, one of these Cree people. And his name, his alien name, was Mar, first name, and last name, Vel. And I believe he actually was a captain. So, wow, pretty clever, huh? Yeah. So he was their Captain Marvel. Uh, a couple of years down the road, he died of cancer. Yeah. And then they didn't have a Captain Marvel for a while. And there was Actually, there was a black woman in the 80s, I remember, and she was Captain Marvel, but uh, no one seems to remember that. Oh, well. Anyway, Carol Danvers was a character who became Miss Marvel. Yes, and she's been that character for years. I don't know why they didn't just keep the name, but I guess somehow they thought the Captain Marvel name was better. I don't know. They gave the Miss Marvel name to some Muslim girl because they needed a Muslim so they could prove they're not Muslim haters. So there you go. There she is. She's the new Miss Marvel. And now Carol is Captain Marvel. Even though it's not her name. But but then I guess Miss Marvel wasn't either. But that's the name she built up. So I don't see how that's very respectful to her character. But anyway, there you go. There's the story behind that. Meanwhile, the real Captain Marvel, they keep trying to bring it back, ironically, by DC Comics, who bought the character later on. And, uh, it's, the magic was gone. It's never worked. So, eh. They're going to work on a movie of him at DC with Warner Brothers. But, of course, it'll just be called Shazam. So, that's that. And now, in other superhero movie and comic book stuff, HBO may be bringing Watchmen to the small screen. Preliminary discussions regarding Watchmen have occurred, but we have no additional information and no details are in place, said HBO in a statement Thursday. As first reported by Collider, Zack Snyder, who directed the 2009 feature film based on Alan Moore's beloved graphic novel, is attached to the HBO incarnation. The potential HBO take hails from Warner Brothers Television, where comics powerhouse DC Comics is housed. No additional information was provided, and it's unclear if HBO's take is a reboot, remake, or prequel, like the 2012's comic series Before Watchmen. First published in 1986 and collected in 1987, Watchmen was created by Alan Moore, artist Dave Gibbons, and colorist John Higgins. The series is included as one of the 100 best novels from Time magazine. Snyder adapted the comic and brought the title's Minutemen crime fighters to the big screen in 2009. The film, produced by Warner Brothers Pictures, with a $130 million production budget, grossed a disappointing $107 million domestically and $185 million worldwide. A Watchmen TV series at HBO would put the prime... <sighs> A Watchmen TV series at HBO would put the premium cable network in the comics business. AMC has found major success with The Walking Dead and will launch controversial comic Preacher in 2016. The CW and Fox have also proven successful with DC Fair, including The Flash, Arrow, and Gotham, while CBS this month will join the game with Supergirl. ABC, meanwhile, has two Marvel series in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter. Come mid-season, Fox will also bow DC Comics' take on Lucifer. Now, at the time that the movie was being suggested, I thought it would have made a better 
TV series. So maybe they're getting around to that idea. The film itself I actually enjoyed. In fact, I recommend the full director's cut version with all the pirate story in it and everything else. Uh, because it's a very complicated story with a lot of other details in it. Um, and so a TV series could could uh, flesh that all out because it's got more time. But yeah, it bombed. It didn't do very well. But uh, But I recommend it. Alan Moore, the guy who came up with it, is uh, a bit of a prima donna. He's quite bitchy. Uh, he's had his ass kissed one time too many, and he believed his myth. And so he uh, vowed never to work with DC Comics again because they retained the rights to the story. And a lot of people might take his side on that, except in this instance, all of these characters were originally going to be based on previously created characters by another publisher that DC had bought. These were the Carlton characters, and uh, just to skim over it, there was a character called The Question, and Alan Moore changed him to Rorschach. There was a character called The Blue Beetle, and he changed him to The Night Owl. This sort of thing. The reason being that DC Comics recently bought the characters, and when he submitted his story idea, eh, they weren't too crazy about the adult situations that were in this story, plus some of the characters get killed. And uh, they didn't want to just do that. So he said, eh, all right, we'll, we'll do some knockoffs of these characters. And actually, I think the Night Owl character was Dave Gibbons' idea. But nevertheless, anyway, so not quite as original as he claims. And plus, the actual plot from the, the story, which isn't all that great, certainly wasn't original. It was a plot from an old uh, Outer Limits episode. So the real... Uh, magic of the story was uh, how it was done, the structuring of it comic book wise, I don't know that you can repeat that in a TV series or a movie and uh, just the atmospherics of it and it was a very adult oriented world they dealt with you know real life issues and it was set in a real world sort of an alternative history type thing but nevertheless that was the real grist of it and uh, it was one of the first to do that at the time, so that was a big deal. Now it's been copied so many times, it's, no one really cares. And it's a very 80s book. Um, so so that was a lot of uh, the trappings of it was more than the actual meat of the story was, eh. So <laughs> I kind of praise it too much. But yeah, Alan Moore is one of those, he's this weird guy, he's very strange, and, but he had some clever ideas and and he made his mark, I mean, in the comic book world, as far as being a novelist or anything. I don't know if he's had much success there. But uh, he was kind of the big fish in the little pond in the, uh, in the art world. But like I said, this isn't really all that original a work. Uh, he could have made claims like that for V for Vendetta, which was a bit more original story that he did. But this one, not so much. Um. So we'll see. We'll see what they do with that. Uh, but as far as the uh, film, uh, Jack <laughs> Jackie Earl Haley, who performed the character Rorschach in the movie, pretty much steals the show. So for that alone, eh, that might be a good one to see for you. So there you go. And that's it for comic book news. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back with more Nelson goodies. The Reverend Bob Levy has another show. 
that has a woman's touch. It's called Beauty and the Beast, and it features the Reverend Bob Levy and Sahara Candela. I got it right, huh? Didn't. You just called me Sahara. Sahara. My name is not the actual desert. <laughs> oh, boy. Sorry, Sahari. Oh, well, I'm sure Bob will figure it out someday. Tune in to Beauty and the Beast with the Reverend Bob Levy and the lovely Sahari Candela on RadioMisfits.com. Mr. Nelson here. Say, do you love the sound of my voice? <laughs> I know. Me too. Well, now, with a little chump change, you can enjoy the sound of my voice while watching a movie. That's right. Films like Beast from Haunted Cave. It's about a bank heist gone wrong. No, it doesn't go wrong because the handsome ski instructor foils the plot. Or because the Robert's chain-smoking nymphomaniac girlfriend turns on him. No, it's because the gang didn't count on a giant spider monster living in a nearby haunted cave. The film stars Michael Forrest, who portrayed Apollo in the original Star Trek TV series. Yes, he's the guy who became a giant, making Captain Kirk look up his toga. Warning, due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So what are you waiting for? Head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. <laughs> yes, Nelson, for me. There you'll find all the films that I've graced with my smart-ass commentary. So again, head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. Friday, October 23rd, see Joe Conti headline at the Blaze Bistro Comedy Club, Tom's River, New Jersey. BYOB, call 732-244-0053 or just go to JoeConti.com and pick up a CD, Happiness. This Saturday night, go see the Reverend Bob Levy at 8 p.m. at the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. Go to RevBobLevy.com for all info. Thursday, October 8th at 8 p.m., see the Reverend Bob Levy at Liberty Tavern, Staten Island, New York, part of a three-day comedy festival fundraiser. Go to RevBobLevy.com and click on Thursday for me, Mick Foley, on Friday. And Saturday, uh, just a regular comedy show, I guess. I don't know. Friday and Saturday, October 9th and 10th, see me, the Reverend Bob Levy, and Louis Twitchell Santani at My Club Comedy in Nagatok, Connecticut, or whatever the fuck. Uh, go to myclubcomedy.com or RevBobLevy.com. Friday show, 9 o'clock. Saturday, 7.30 and 9.30. MyClubComedy.com. Connecticut. And now, it's time for the news. Woman tried to burn down X's house with bacon. What a waste of bacon. A Utah woman angry at her ex-boyfriend, admitted to police that she put a pound of bacon on a cookie sheet on top of his gas stove back in March, turned the burner on high, and left it there, allegedly, in an attempt to burn the house down, making the already weird story even weirder. Her last name is Crispy. 
Cameo Adon Crispy, 32, pleaded guilty yesterday to reckless burning, attempted assault by a prisoner, and intoxication. All misdemeanors. Charges of arson, burglary, assault by a prisoner, interfering with an arresting officer, and electronic communication harassment were dropped as part of her plea deal. The man was not at home at the time, but called the cops after getting 15 calls and text messages from Crispy in less than an hour. The bacon was burned smoking badly. When officers arrived, the smoke pouring out of the front door and Crispy clearly impaired. I asked to come in and observe the wood stove left open with the fire burning inside and hot coals on the floor around the stove, said the responding officer. Crispy was arrested after a brief struggle. Her blood alcohol count was found to be .346, which is more than four times what Utah considers impaired. PETA sues to give Monkey the rights to selfie photos. A macaquee monkey who took now famous selfie photographs should be declared the copyright owner of the photos, rather than the nature photographer who positioned the camera, animal rights activists contend in a novel lawsuit filed Tuesday. The suit was filed in federal court in San Francisco, of course, by people for the ethical treatment of animals. It seeks a court order allowing PETA to administer all proceeds from the photos for the benefit of the monkey. Yes, yes, for the monkey, which it identified as six-year-old Naruto and other crested macaques living in a reserve on the Indonesian island of Sulawesi. The photos were taken during a 2011 trip to Sulawesi by British nature photographer David Slater. Through San Francisco-based self-publishing company Blurb, he has published a book called Wildlife Personalities that includes the monkey selfie photos. However, the photos have been widely distributed elsewhere by outlets, including Wikipedia, which contend that no one owns the copyright to the images because they were taken by an animal, not a person. Slater, who was exploring legal action against some of those outlets, said he was very saddened by PETA's lawsuit because he considers himself an advocate of animal rights. Last year, the U.S. Copyright Office issued an updated compendium of its policies, including a section stipulating that it would register copyrights only for works produced by human beings. It specified that works produced by animals, whether a photo taken by a monkey or a mural painted by an elephant, would not qualify. However, Jeffrey Kerr, a lawyer with PETA, said the Copyright Office policy is only an opinion and the U.S. Copyright Act itself does not contain language limiting copyrights to humans. <laughs> the Act grants copyright to authors of original works with no limit on species, Kerr said. Oh, wait, I gotta use the voice. <clears throat> the Act grants copyright to authors of original works with no limit on species, Kerr said. Copyright law is clear. It's not the person who owns the camera. It's the being who took the photograph. Citing Slater's own written accounts of his encounter with the Macaquees, the lawsuit asserts that Naruto authored the monkey selfies by his own independent autonomous actions in examining and manipulating Slater's unattended camera. Slater 
has been openly dismayed by the prolonged disputes over the photographs and says the British copyright obtained by the photos by his company, Wildlife Personalities Limited, should be honored worldwide. The facts are that I was the intellect behind the photos. I set the whole thing up, he said in an email. A monkey only pressed a button of a camera set up on a tripod. A tripod I positioned and held throughout the shoot. Last year, as the dispute simmered, Slater offered copies of a monkey selfie photo to purchasers willing to pay only for shipping and handling, and said he would donate $1.70 per order to a conservation project dedicated to protecting Sulawesi's macaques. But he also has defended his right to make money from the photos. I sincerely wish my five-year-old daughter to be able to be proud of her father and inherit my copyright so that she can make my work into an asset and inherit it and go to university, he wrote in his email. I have very little else to offer her. Jesus. Peter has, on occasion, pursued lawsuits that were widely viewed by other legal experts as offering little chance of success. For example, a 2011 lawsuit accusing the SeaWorld parks of keeping five killer whales in conditions that violate the U.S. Constitution's ban on slavery. A federal judge dismissed the suit, saying the 13th Amendment applied only to humans. Regarding the new lawsuit, Kerr said Peter has a very strong case that Naruto should be declared the photo's owner. The selfies were introduced as exhibits in the suit. Joining Peter in the suit is Angie Engelhardt, a primatologist from Germany who has studied the, Sul the Sulawesi macaques. Dave Favre, a Michigan State University law professor who often writes about animal rights, said by email that the copyright issue raised by PETA is a cutting-edge legal question. We have a fair argument, he wrote. But I would have to say it is an uphill battle. Cheryl Dancy Below, a Chicago lawyer who specializes in copyright law, said a key question, if the lawsuit moves forward, is whether Slater's creative contribution to the selfie rises to a level that warrants copyright. Lawrence Tribe, a Harvard Law School professor who supports animal rights, expressed misgivings about the litigation. It trivializes the terrible problems of needless animal slaughter and avoidable animal exploitation worldwide for lawyers to focus so much energy and ingenuity on whether monkeys own the copyright in selfies taken under these contrived circumstances. Well, that's Harvard Law. So, maybe the case is all full of crap. Tossed around as if by a monkey. This one was for you, Joe. And that's the news. Let's see, what else can I do? Oh, I know. Hey, gang, how about another episode of Night Night? Our story begins in the office of Cityopolis Police Commissioner Charles Wetwin, when suddenly, Night Night barges in, slamming a newspaper upon Wetwin's desk. Commissioner, I demand an explanation for this outrageous outrage. The media has long been a thorn in the side of my righteous cause. But now, they're claiming your department as a source for this smear campaign. Yeah, I know all about that article. I mean, how could I not? The police department source mentioned there was mostly me. Unbelievably beyond belief. It's a sad commentary on society when the city's top lawman engages in petty backstabbing mudslinging. Knock, knock. Hi, I'm Nikki Nell from Capes Confidential. Commissioner, I would like to do an in-depth interview with you concerning your department's relationship with superheroes. Can't. Too busy. But hey, you're in luck. Because here's a super underwear freak right here for you to waste time on. 
What an excellent idea. What do you say, Night Knight? Care to have me tag along with you today in order to get your side of the story? So, Wetbutter, you have reduced me to babysitting a cheap tabloid report. Well, fine. But as a champion of truth and justice, I will indeed give her my story. A story that will be totally truthfully true in totality. Wait, what did he mean by that? He wouldn't dare reveal that the only reason I work with him is because he has a video of my infidelity. I never thought my fate would be in the hands of a man dressed head to toe. Pantyhose. Tell me, Night Knight, what drives a man to become a costume vigilante despite the danger, the hardship, the ridicule? Of course, the pursuit of justice should be reason enough. But in truth, for me, it all began when I lost my beloved wife to the cruel touches of crime. Oh. Oh, oh my God. I, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> She's not dead. She just left him for a convicted felon because the convict was better in the set. <laughs> Shut up, boo She was talking to me, not you, goddammit! If I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Later, in a seedy part of town, the night cruiser parks on a shadowy street. I hope we're not boring you, Miss Nail. You see, crime fighting isn't all about adventure. Sometimes it's spending hours sneaking out crime-infested neighborhoods like this. But your night cruiser's a dead giveaway. No one will commit crimes in front of you. <laughs> That's the beauty of my plan. My mere presence will strike fear into the hearts of evildoers, and thus, no crime will ever take place. Suddenly, the cruiser is accosted by a couple of armed thugs. Get your fat asses out of that car before I turn your asses into ground beef. What do we do, Night Night? Whatever he says. Yeah, yeah, get out, get out, get out. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. The bitch stays. Oh, my God. Night Night, do something. You, you do this, and you'll be sorry. Oh, bad. That's what you said the last time, fool. Later, our masked marbles are left on foot as they try to recover from this terrible blow from the forces of evil. Great highway robbery, Night Night. We've been gorging. Don't worry, the cars are short. Sadly, in my war on crime, sacrifices must be made. So I will nobly give up my vehicle so that the vehicles of others can be saved. And Miss Neal was even more noble, huh? <laughs> Why do you gotta bring that up? Damn it, Bubo! My war on crime is just that. A war! And in every war, collateral damage is a given. You're just making excuses! You insulting, insolent, idiotic idiot! Oh, no! 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 Nightmare and butthole. Here's your nightmobile bag. Miss Nail? But how? 
Simple. I maced them, and then I kicked them out. Turns out their guns were only toys. Uh, well, it is fortunate that my example as a costume vigilante led you to the wise decision of taking matters into your own hands. <sighs> Blew it up your penny-wasted ass! It's only dumb luck that I wasn't killed, or worse! And you had the nerve to try to spin this debacle? You were dangerously incompetent, and I'll spare no details in Cape's Confidential so that our readers will conclude that the two of you belong locked up in a rubber room! I'm sorry you feel that way, Miss Nail. But perhaps I can change your mind with this. A healthy dose of my nighty-night amnesia gas. What? <coughs> I... I didn't remember anything. Relax, Miss Nail. You were kidnapped, but we rescued you. We had to make sure you were okay, so, well, the thuggest thugs got away. Oh, God. I... I'm sorry I got in the way. Don't blame yourself, Miss Nail. Your safety is all that matters. Oh, Nightmare, how can I ever thank you? Well, a decent write-up in Cape's Confidential might help. Perhaps we could discuss this over dinner tonight. Oh, well, okay. I hope you were paying attention to that, because that is how you deal with them. Yeah, you lied to him, and if that don't work, drug him. Thus ends another amazing adventure of Night Night. This has been a Nail Sin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? Oh, that night night. Who knew he was quite the ladies' man? <laughs> well, before we close the lights out here at the Radio Misfit Studio, yes, that's right, this show, along with the other Bob Levy family of shows, has moved over to RadioMisfits.com, and I'd like to personally thank Edward Silha for making that transition as comfortable as possible. So yes, when you're looking for all of the Bob Levy programs, you need to come to RadioMisfits.com. You know, when I first started out with Bob Levy, besides doing the artwork and what have you, was Audio Bits. Yes, and here's one of the first ones I did. <laughs> A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and a horse has needs, of course, of course, especially when that horse is Mr. Sex Ed. Hey, Will. Oh, hey, Mr. Sex Ed. You know, I still can't get over the fact that you're a talking horse. How'd you ever learn to talk? It all started when your wife introduced me to peanut butter. Well, never mind that. Listen, I need you to do a little favor. I got some pebbles up my sheath. Oh. I... I, I don't know. God I, I, damn I, I, it. I, don't go bellyaching on me, boy. You're gonna sit there in the lap of luxury and leave a poor helpless animal out here to suffer? Uh, uh, all right, Mr. Ed. Uh, all right, all right. Oh. Let's see here. <laughs> um... <laughs> Not really <laughs> keep looking, keep looking. Uh, uh, what's that smell? Well, that's the smell of pleasure, Wilbur. 
kind of a man moves his office into the barn while well, I'm over here taking a shit. You were looking for some action here, and now you got it, bitch. Uh, God, I gotta go clean up. Oh. Wilbur, Wilbur. Hey there. Well, oh, well, hello, Mr. Sexed. Why don't you go and get some peanut butter? Uh, that was a mistake, and, and we can't do that anymore. Oh, you goddamn whore. You hush that up. You just stop teasing and start greasing. <laughs> Mr. Sex Ed was taped before a live studio audience. <laughs> What'd I tell you? Quite the knee slapper, eh? <laughs> Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed in the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily express those held by the rest of the RadioMisfits.com family. So any comments and or complaints should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they'll be quickly ignored and or blocked. 